This episode is brought to you by AdCentricity, leaders in location-based digital media management. Visit them at www.adcentricity.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. On today's show, South Africa's Instagram. Shopkick goes national with Macy's, Skyhook saves batteries, and PayPal acquires Card.io. Plus, stories from Totsi, Reki, Motribe, and Giapon. I'm not joking. Our resource of the week and special guest, Joe Gillespie of Zoov, coming up right now. Good day! Welcome to episode number 87 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv. It's pretty easy to find me at Untether.tv. Joining me, as always, but certainly not from his usual location, his home in Toronto, but joining me as always, Mr. Steve Khan. Steve, where are you? I'm in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, um, and uh, representing the Location-Based Marketing Association down here. Well, actually, I'm on holiday, so. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Asif Khan from the LBMA, and you can find us at thelbma.com uh, or at thelbma on Twitter. Asif, so, yeah. you're down on vacation, obviously. If, if I could, I'd pull up a video of what it's like down there, but you showed me some, uh, some scenes. You're right on the ninth hole of this golf course. Looks great. Looks great. Okay. It's it's fun. It's it's fun. Is it? It's hot. It's hot. It's fun. Yeah, golf, swimming. Yeah, you know, it's, all- it's vacation. Everybody loves vacation. vacation. So a uh, busy week, obviously. As we go through this, we got stories. Uh, you know, our our typical top five. We've got our great, great, great uh, sponsor who you heard at the beginning of the show, Ad Centricity. We're going to talk about a little bit of a sponsor highlight about the challenges around uh, out of home advertising. Some great stories, our resource of the week, some funding, some acquisitions. We've also got uh, Joe Gillespie, who was a guest on Untether.tv uh, from Zoov, talking about his uh, take on location and uh, their Star Star service. Plus, we've got our, a resource that uh, may or may not surprise people. It's like, hey, mobile users don't want to share their data. So, uh, packed show. But before we get into it, see if is there anything that uh, that's going on with the Location-Based Marketing Association uh, this coming week? Or is it like you, just taking a nice little vacation? Uh, no, it's it's kind of uh, in vacation mode. I mean, the summer's uh, relatively quiet. Uh, conference season starts up again uh, first week of August. Actually, um, there's uh, you know a bunch of uh, of retail conferences that are coming, and uh, um, and uh, some food uh, and restaurant industry events. Well, vacation mode is what everybody should be in right now. I was out, uh, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon. I was out yesterday or the, all this afternoon and this morning building a great tree fort. If you are looking for for how things are going on my tree fort, it's like 20 feet high. It's like 100 <laughs> square feet. It's it's a, it's the new office. It's the new Untether.tv office. But nice. um, follow me on Twitter. Just jump on at Rob Woodbridge on Twitter. I'm going to start posting some of these photos, and I've already posted a couple on Instagram. So uh, f- from the progress, it's, it's a lot of fun. And... Um, yeah, it's the way that I document these things. So very cool. That's that's what I've been doing today. That's it. Nice. Yeah, I got nothing else. All right, so let, why don't we just do this? We're going to jump right into this. Uh, our top five stories of this past week with an international flair. We're going to start off with the uh, this company called Westfield partnering with a company called Geopon. Um, do we? Do you want to give a little bit of background on that, or should I just roll a little one-minute video about Geopon? Let's do the video, and then we'll uh, we can just quickly talk about it. All right, it. so here... 
is just a one-minute video about Geopond. For those of you who are not watching this, there is audio that gives a little bit of description. So I'm just going to flip over and we are going to let it go. Here we go. Live editing. I love it. This is a coupon. It's the simplest way you can save money on your favorite products. You love to save. But what if you didn't know there was a coupon available? Or if you've forgotten your coupon at home, what then? Just imagine your favorite coupons are available anywhere you go. What if you can find coupons on your phone? Well, this is Geopon for your mobile device. Your most convenient way to save on the products you love. Geopon. Changing the way you save, earn and pay. So, what is so significant about a company that does mobile coupons? Uh, you know, these guys are everywhere uh, and uh, doing, uh, there's, there seems to be a thousand of these companies. What's so great about Westfield partnering with Geopon? And uh, I mean, what's the significant player? Well, I think you're right. I think there's thousands of these guys out there now um, that are all trying to be in this sort of mobile couponing space. Um, you know, I think a couple of things. Um, you know, one of the things that I've talked about a lot uh, on the show is is this need for, uh, if you're going to be in this space, to not only you know have a lot of users and and you know sort of geographically cover a market and have you know sort of a lot of locations that you that your uh, your coupons are available in. You also have to have a feature rich um, application, and not and by that I don't just mean you know I can store lots of coupons and I can have lots of favorites and I can get alerts. Um, most of the apps do that. What I like about this announcement with Westfield, Westfield is one of the uh, you know bigger shopping mall owner uh, operator organizations in the U.S. is um, they've they've combined couponing uh, with uh, reward uh, and loyalty programs and also payment processing. And we've talked a lot about sort of the mobile payment space in the last number of weeks on this show. Um, and so I think it's important to see that these things are coming together. Uh, this new uh, announcement with Westfield is an Android-only app at the moment. Uh, there's an iPhone app that's in, uh, in beta at the moment as well. But, um, you know, they're, they're really just sort of exploring this right now and plan to sort of go fully, fully launched in September the 6th, apparently, in, uh, in Florida. Something that's going to happen with with uh, with these coupon companies, like you know, partnering with Westfield seems logical, right? Because it's a it's a big chain yeah. of uh, of, uh, of retailers or of um, of malls. Do you think that that is is the way that this kind of rolls out over the next little while? This is how how companies are going to win. A few companies. Well, I think I think you have to. I mean, I think the only way you can survive, you know, as one of these companies, is you either have to. Um, you know, partner with others that have pieces of the functionality that you don't have and start to sort of OEM license them into your product and sort of fill out your product that way. Um, you know, that that's sort of on the product development side. And then on the other side, you need to have big partners, whether it's Westfield or, you know, The Gap or, or whoever. I mean, you've got to have, you know, you've got to have big, big um, dollars and brand uh, recognition behind this because going out and trying to build Geopond and getting users by itself, I, I, you got to think it's a hard battle uh, to fight. 
Oh, that's it is, especially when uh, when big companies are are struggling to do it right now. I like I like the micro company like this, and if they do own enough of these uh, relationships, uh, they do make themselves a a pretty acquisition target as well. Roll up yeah. Target. So. So Westfield partnering with uh, Geopon. If you're interested in Geopon, just go to Geopon. That's exactly how it sounds for those of you who are not watching. It's G-E-O-P-O-N.com. Geopon. And um, it could be Geopon. Um, but uh, go check it out. I've just pulled up the screen right now. And um, check them out. Geopon.com. Cool. Story number two. Story number two. Here we are. So, uh, you know, one of the things that I don't like about uh, what happens when there's a corner case like Instagram that sells for a billion mm -hmm. two um, or Yammer, which sells for a billion four. Uh, first of all, those prices are ridiculous. But the second thing is that everybody tries to now label it. Right. So everybody was the angry birds of this. Now, everybody's the Instagram of that. Right. Because of this. Exactly. And, and here we are. It's not uh, it's not a location based. Um, you know, it is. It happens in North America. It happens the rest of the world. So here we are with Mo Tribe, which is South Africa's Instagram. That's what they're calling yeah. it, right? Yeah, and so I agree with you. Everybody wants to be the next uh, Instagram, um, you know, or, or copycat of Instagram yeah, in, know, in a you know in a local funny, market. You know what's funny though is that thinking that uh, you know they can uh, get a tenth of the uh, the valuation of uh, of what Instagram got and uh, and hopefully build something quickly and sell. But Instagram, um, see, so, Instagram wasn't the like the uh, the Facebook of photos. You know what I mean? They were Instagram. They paved their way, and I don't know a single company that has labeled themselves as the Instagram or the blah of the of this has actually gone off to su succeed. Right? It's like, oh, yeah. oh, Instagram. Yeah, that was a year ago. It's like, who who wants to be the Olivia Newton John of the nineties? Nobody, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Who knows? Who uh, anyhow, John? so just just to describe for our uh, our viewers and listeners, um, so Motribe is the uh, is the company here. Um, they've got two products actually that they uh, two apps that they announced this week. Um, uh, the the first is something called uh, uh, Mixit, which is a uh, you know social network um, type of uh, app that, uh, and then uh, you know where you can basically let people and brands. Um, you know, sort of comment on things and, and you know share stuff in a typical social network uh, fashion. There's a piece called Judge Me, um, which sounds like it's uh, you know hot or not or that kind of thing. Um, and then there's the second piece, which is called Mix Picks, which is the Instagram uh, piece. So this is uh, sharing photos and uh, status updates, and uh, again, it's location based in that sense, like Instagram was, you know, tagging your photos to maps and location. Um, they, they seem to be getting you know, decent traction uh, early on. Um, so they've got, uh, in the first two weeks, users uploaded 70,000 photos and uh, and dished out 130,000 likes uh, on the system. So and this is, they, not bad for two weeks, I guess. Each one of those services had more than a million subscribers in their first two weeks. So, yeah. like, I mean, this isn't, you know, as much as I yeah. joke about being the Instagram of this, but a million in yeah. the first two weeks for both of those services, that's that's a good start. Yeah, and remember these. The, the, you know, the South African market is not a small market. No. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people there. So I mean, it's it makes sense that you can, you know, if you push out a uh, a product, you market it the right way, you can you can draw people in and get uh, and build a substantial user base. And is this is it feature phone or is it for um, is it just for uh, smartphones or is it uh, do you know? It's um, I, I think it's it's smartphone only. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From what I can tell. Yeah. 
It's very cool. So let's say I haven't played with it. So no, neither have I, obviously. But hey, listen, we'd love to have you on the show, Mo Tribe. This has worked for Quaypay. I'm getting Quaypay on the show. They're coming up uh, this week, so we should have a little bit of a deeper understanding of Quaypay for one of our one of our upcoming episodes. If you're interested in Mo Tribe, it's M O Tribe M O T R I B E dot com. Go and take a look at them, and uh, just do a search. Uh, you know, there's a great story on uh, on on them in uh, on VentureBeat, which I've pulled up. Um, and if you have a uh, if you have any comments on that, let us know on tethergmail.com or asif at thelbma.com. Motribe, South Africa's Instagram. Good luck on them. Two million users in the first two weeks. There you go. Third story here. This is um, so Shopkick been around for a long time in 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 uh, in relative terms around how long they've been they've been around since two thousand and nine. One of their very first customers was a company called Macy's, and uh, recently, so two thousand and twelve, which is where we are, July twenty second, two thousand and twelve. They have decided to roll out Shopkick nationwide in all of the Macy's, right? Is that what this... What, what's the significance of this story? This is big, but it took three years for that rollout to prove itself and uh, and generate enough confidence in it to be able to roll it out. Is that uh, is that the case? Yeah, so so basically what happened here is is um, early on, Shopkick went out and they started you know these beta programs and started testing with the likes of Macy's, Target, Best Buy... Uh, a number of uh, you know sort of big box or, or, or you know uh, big footprint uh, retail stores, and uh, you know Macy's was one of those guys in, in the first uh, the first group. Um, it obviously you know worked well enough for them that they wanted to kind of roll this out. But part of the issue with the Shopkick business model is is uh, you know their technology works on this uh, you know idea of uh, triangulate, triangulating somebody's position inside of a store based on ultrasound uh, frequencies. So, you know, the microphone on your on your on your phone is is always listening, and they've got these uh, devices, hardware devices that they install throughout the store that are transmitting these ultrasound frequencies and bouncing them off of the uh, microphone uh, on your device to measure and you know sort of you know the distance from from those beacons, so to speak, and, and sort of that that helps them figure out exactly where you are in the store. The challenge is, is that installing that hardware is not, um, you know, it's not, it's not all that cheap. So, you know, there, there is a significant cost to putting all this hardware in all these stores. And when you go from, you know, a couple of stores in a beta to 800 stores nationwide, you know, the cost becomes, you know, even more significant because it's not, and it's not even just the installation cost. You then have to worry about, you know, national, uh, you know, maintenance of those devices and, you know, can you roll trucks out to all these places and find guys to install them and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, this this was part of the challenge and I suspect why it took so long. What's significant about the announcement here is it's not just that they've expanded this to the full 800 stores. It's how they did it. They basically said, well, we found a way around the hardware cost issue. There's a company called Mood Media Corporation which happens to be a Canadian company, actually, out of Toronto. Go, go Toronto. <laughs> um, and um, Mood Media is, is one of the world's largest um, sort of in-store in, in marketing uh, companies. They do a lot of in-store audio, uh, you know, all that sort of uh, elevator music you hear when you're shopping. All that kind of stuff uh, is, is the stuff that Mood Media does. And so they basically worked out an arrangement where Mood Media was already in Macy's and, and said, well, we'll just piggyback on their infrastructure and layer the Shopkick uh, technology on top of it. So they didn't have to go and install all this net new stuff. They just piggybacked, or found a way to piggyback their their solution on top of Moon Media's. 
and we're able to roll it out that way. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense for, for everybody. It does, but but uh, so does that marginalize what Shopkick brings to the table, uh, or does this really is this, a, this? I think this is a great strategy for for Shopkick to to not be reliant on hardware. Well, I, I think it increases the profit margin, um, <laughs> you know, uh, for sure, because they don't have all that other cost, um, you know, inside of it. It's um, you know, and I think potentially it opens up um, you know a lot more customers if you can go and tap into the entire Mood Media customer base. And competitors to Mood Media and so on and so forth. Um, you know, this is a great move for Shopkick, I think, and uh, and a good move for Mood Media too. I'm sure they're getting a piece of the action. Um, you know, this is an additional revenue stream for them that they didn't have before. Um, you know, and Macy's gets to you know actually roll the stuff out nationwide. Do you know, and, do you know how many how many uh, devices or how many boxes a store with like Macy's would need for Shopkick to work effectively to be able to triangulate positioning properly? I don't. I can't answer that. Yeah. With 100 percent accuracy, but I've heard uh, I've heard somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25. You know, I'm thinking that there's got to be somebody already in there, right? So whether it's a um, uh, a pop machine or a bunch of pop machines or something like you, you know something that you could leverage already that you could that has an open system like the Mood Media or something to that extent in each one of these stores, and if if Shopkick could make it so that that their software interacts with all of this hardware um, so effectively. Uh, all of a sudden, you've got you've got really uh, you've got your sales channel, right? So for Shopkick, they're yeah. not going after their independent guys. You don't have to go and install hardware. It all gets serviced by one company, and yeah. um, and all they're doing is tapping into that. And boy, I think that would be that would be that would be pretty powerful. And and if if it is, if it is Mood Media, go right. Uh, if that's their avenue, good partnership. Now. I like it. I think it makes sense. This is win-win-win. Do, so. do you think that this leads down the road to that Shopkick? Something like Shopkick would get picked up by Mood Media, and Mood Media would get picked up by Shopkick. Do you think there's a roll-up there? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a, a potential uh, merger there. Yeah. Wow. Go Toronto. Now, as a Canadian, I, I say like, "Hey, Mood Media, go buy Shopkick." As a of course, you know, we, we you know Canada, we got to roll up into Canada, not just roll out of Canada. That's very cool. So uh, Mood Media, if you're interested in them, is Mood, M-O-O-D, media.com. And, uh, of course, Shopkick, shopkick.com, and uh, Macy's. Well, you know where to find Macy's. It's, it's 800 locations nationwide. It's great. Good for them. I like this. I think it's a good way to do it. Overcoming hurdles, overcoming yeah. obstacles, and um, Shopkick now in 800 Macy's store rolling out. All right, our fourth story. So... In a place that isn't competitive enough right now, which is in uh, in retail outlets and uh, enabling transactions and cash registers, we got a company called NCR getting into this game with something called Silver Point of Sale. I got a little video. Should we roll that um, and then see what comes of it after? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this is uh, this is a little bit of a video. I love live editing. Here we go of. Uh, of silver in action from NCR. Here we go. What if you could run your business, connect with customers and sell from anywhere? Now you can with NCR Silver. Running, bringing up a sale and more than just swiping a credit. It connects with them. It tracks their buying habits. It knows the right message to send to keep them coming back. And you can run your business behind the counter, on the road, or at home. 
Track your sales, your profit, and get the reports you need. And NCR Silver will even alert you when there is something you need to know. Small business is the heart of American enterprise. NCR Silver is revolutionizing small business. NCR Silver. Run your business. Connect with customers. Sell anywhere. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of any company that's enabling small business to do uh, transactions and quick transactions. And so th this, uh, but this is a competitive uh, space, right? We've got Square in this space that are moving into this space. We've got, we've got, you know, I, I mean, I, I told you what I used over here. I mean, we've got Paid, which is by Moneris. Yep. I always just always happen to have this box floating around. Um, and uh, so, but it, it's a, uh, it's a very competitive space, but there's enough room for these guys, isn't there? There's definitely enough room. It's still so early uh, in this space that I think uh, it's going to take some time before it shakes out. We understand who the uh, who the big the big dogs are going to be, so to speak. Um, and, and it's hard to uh, you know ignore uh, an entry like this from you know one of the big big dogs of of you know sort of transactions, uh, so to speak. I mean, NCR has been around forever. Uh, you know, this is a billion dollar you know company. Uh, you know, NCR yeah. National Cash Register. I mean, come on. I mean, these people know what they're doing. It was, it it was logical. Collecting money and payments. But um, this is what so, happens. So, so, so let me ask you this: Before, Is this what's gonna, about to happen when it comes to um, you know the big dogs getting involved right now, saying, "Hey, listen, you guys, really, 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 you're gonna compete with really." Take a look at all the cash registers across North America. Really? Okay, now we're going to get into the space really, and we're going to start owning this space. Is this like who should be worried about this? These guys getting into this business? Everyone or no one? Well, I, I think that I think it's less worry, and I think it's more. If you're one of the startups in this space right now, I think this is this is validation that you're you're doing something in the right in the right space at the right time. I think you're well positioned to be picked up by you know these big guys along the way uh, so keep doing what you're doing um, kind of thing um, you know but but just, just just to give you a sense of this right you've got startups in the space with you know five guys in their basement yep. right kind of thing NCR comes out and says we're, we're, we're we don't know what we're doing yet really but we're gonna we're gonna do something it's called NCR silver it's it's sort of a mobile payments thing but we've decided we're going to take 150 of our employees and put them into this group and have them go work at it. Like, that's 150 people working only on this for NCR. Um, you know, that's a, that's a company by itself. That kind of um, that kind of kills. And my guess is that they're going to be able to throw not only 150 people at it, but like a whole lot of money at it as yeah. well. So, anyways, so NCR Silver uh, should probably describe it. I mean, you saw the video. Mobile card reader. Uh, it's an iPhone app. Uh, connects to an online dashboard. It tracks inventory. You know, profit, loss, all the stuff that the cash register uh, did for them. Um, you know, it's got email marketing built into it. It's got an iPad app that it can connect to. Um, you know, it comes with its own stand and all this kind of stuff that you can set up right at the cash. Um, you know, wireless printing. You know, cash drawers. The whole thing. Like, it's basically creating a new modern day cash register using iPhones and iPads. I, I looked at uh, some of the things early days in the, in this space when I thought um, 
the cash register was is extinct and uh, this to me is the, the kind of further down that path where the cash register is about to become extinct you know uh everybody talks about sites the apple store is a perfect example of what's what the future of commerce or retail commerce looks like and i, I don't even think they've taken that taken it far enough but this means that i can i can do a transaction anywhere i am at any time right yeah. we use these at untethered talks at the gate if you wanted to swipe your credit card i just had it on my iphone credit card swipe through paid by moneros same deal this is uh, this is changing the face of retail, and uh, yeah. and for those of and, and I like it, you know I like that they've already kind of put it out there. They've got a business model, yeah. a revenue model already assigned. You can buy the hardware from them for six hundred and nineteen bucks, um, one time. You you pay a um, a seventy nine dollar a month connect fee uh, for the mobile device, and twenty nine dollars for additional devices you want to connect. First thousand customers get it for thirty nine bucks. So a month for life. That's incredible. And how much? No. How much? Um, uh, just pulling that up right now. I, I wonder. Thirty nine dollars, right there. Thirty nine dollars per month for life. First a thousand. Um, I, I wonder here. I mean, I don't know this stuff. I don't know. But how much does a cash register cost? How much does that infrastructure cost? They must be. They must be looking at this, saying, "Okay, this is a volume play. We could only attack mm -hmm. this. You know, the the upper echelon of customers who could afford cash registers and who actually had a physical location that could house a cash register. But this opens up the rest." of that cup which is very deep yeah, absolutely yeah yeah wow i like it so this you know uh i welcome ncr's entry into this space i think uh this is a good move by them i think it's uh it, it's further validation for the market for everybody else that i alluded to earlier and um you know i, I you know hey ncr if you want us to test this out for lvma events happy to do it um send us one of the uh, things and we'll, we'll play so $79, uh, right now there's $39 uh, per month for life, plus the startup fee and all the hardware. Um, and then it says that it's $29 each additional uh, register. So if yeah. you have m multiple registers in a store, like a Bay or a Sears or a Target or whatever, uh, then it would definitely, it, it's got to be cheaper. My God. Like, and the maintenance of it, software maintenance over the on the yeah. cloud. Oh, you got to think so. Man. And then you tie this into like something like FreshBooks, you know, for your invoicing or what, uh, like, yeah, it's got all that. So good goodness. So if you're interested in that, go to ncrsilver.com, ncrsilver.com. And if you are using this or thinking about using this, love to hear from you. Come on, we'll, we'll talk about it on the show. Reach out untetheredgmail.com or aseep at thelbma.com. Very cool. Fifth story Skyhook. This is not Skynet. This is Skyhook talking about saving battery consumption. When it comes to those always-on services like Highlight or Glancy or Banjo, is this cool? I think it's really cool. I think this is really, you know, it's a big problem that uh, a lot of people are looking at right now. A lot of research is being done on, you know, what's the impact of, of these uh, of these services on, on battery life. Um, you know, obviously the device manufacturers are hard looking at this, trying to figure out how they extend battery life. Um, but it's interesting to see Skyhook come out with uh, with a solution here. So they. They basically launched a version, uh, what they call version 4.6 of their mobile SDK, um, and it's focused on basically, you know, extending battery life. And what they're saying is, is that uh, what what they're doing is when you check in at a location for the first time, they pull down all the Wi-Fi, all the cell tower, all the data that they can, and they store it locally on the device for, um, you know, on your phone. They say for five to ten miles around you. Um, so while you're in this sort of 10 by 10 grid, so to speak, um, you know, and, and you're checking location, they're, they're basically calculating all the, the stuff that needs to get calculated 
locally on the device. So there's no need to constantly go up and be pulling and, and pulling data down, uh, which is what really consumes the battery uh, power. They're, they're running everything locally. Um, and that's kind of interesting. So uh, this is I, I like it. I think this is a good move. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I think this, this is, obviously it's an SDK, so it's for developers uh, out there who are building apps that want to uh, make sure that their apps are, you know, minimizing impact on battery life. Um, they've already got, uh, apparently, uh, uh, Sony, Samsung, Lenovo, Dell, uh, HP are, are using uh, some of this stuff. And on the app side, um, specifically this mobile SDK, MapQuest, Kayak, Grinder, and Layer uh, are, are already using it. It just it seems it seems like uh, you know it just seems like these guys know what they're doing and and um, uh, but I always I always challenge you on this when it comes to when it comes to battery life um, the uh, the concept uh, that people are uh, not using these services right now strictly because it drains the battery I don't know that the average consumer of these products really understands that it's draining the battery as much as it is I don't think that that's a, I, agree. I completely yeah. agree with that I think mo most people have a sort of vague notion about it, but they don't really understand, you know, what's the impact. There's nothing that's sitting there that pops up on their screen that says, hey, uh, Highlight's been running in the background here for the last whatever, and uh, because of that, uh, the impact on your battery is uh, a net 30% drop. Uh, it, like, it's not it's not that, uh, you know, visible or transparent to you or what's happening when you're using these things. No, it, it's not, but it, it's necessary. And Skyhook used to power uh, a lot of, uh, you know, iOS. That It's only on Android right now, but it used to power iOS uh, previous to the iPad release. Um, I think so 2010, maybe they, they started, uh, Apple phased off of these guys. Um, yeah, but it, it's not about the battery consumption. And I think a lot of people have the concern around the battery consumption because uh, they'll they'll use these services and then they'll blame Apple or, or Google for Android or, or RIM or any of these right. guys for, for terrible battery consumption. And it's it's what's running behind it. But it's much more about, you know, our resource of the week. And we talk about that, which is uh, about sharing data. And, uh, you know, sure. this is where it really gets interesting. But, uh, you know, but I do see a time potentially in the future where, you know, Apple or, you know, the Android guys or, or, or what have you, in terms of uh, developers building apps and putting them into the App Store, you know, I see part of that approval process being some sort of factor around uh, the impact of your app on battery. Well, uh, you know, before, before it gets approval, it's got to meet certain standards kind of thing. That's that's the knock against RIM, but it's it was also the saving grace against RIM. Everybody knew that the BlackBerry devices had exceptional battery power. Like, you could go 70 days without charging your BlackBerry. Not, not that many, but you can go at least 30 days without charging your BlackBerry. And this is with, with use, right? Um, and the reason they did that was because they didn't put features in there that consumed battery because they understood that this had to be always on, always ready. And one of the big challenges that they had and we knew this is that they, you know, they had a stringent. When we developed for them, they had a stringent. Hey, listen, don't suck, don't drain the battery. And uh, when yeah. when when uh, they started to move into color screens and phone capabilities and apps and everything like that, you know, part of the requirements again were that they had to come up with some smart algorithms for battery consumption. And and I know that they've built this kind of stuff in. And uh, and so w when you start to think about companies like this, I think it's very important. But I still believe in my heart of hearts that battery is, chasing the battery is not the way that you should go. It's an old technology. Um, there's got to be a better way to uh, extend battery life by removing the operating system, removing the functionality from the device, putting that up in the cloud, and making sure that it's just the glass. You just got to power the glass. You just need con you know a little bit of power. 
uh, in order to be able to power up the device to be able to connect to the cloud. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Yeah. But remember, I mean, you know, and, and not to get too much off topic here because we, sh we should move on to the, the product. But the, um, you know, one, one of the things when you think about battery uh, and, and the importance of battery life is when we get into a world where everything's happening on, on the mobile device from a payments perspective, um, you know, if your phone, if you're paying with your phone for everything and your phone's dead, now you can't pay for anything. Like, these are issues, right? <laughs> People have to be worried about. If your phone is the keys to your car and you can't turn your phone on, well, guess what? You can't drive. Um, you know, so there's things like that that we have to be conscious of, right? Yep, and it is, and, and um, we're not there yet. But uh, but certainly when it comes to these things, I like the way that Skyhook does this. It's the same way that Apple does their GPS stuff. It, it shows that it, it, it makes it feel more reactive than it is. But as we know from their scandal a couple of months back, that they're just storing a lot of uh, cellular data, tower data, Wi-Fi data on the device to be able to simulate. You know, basically mm -hmm. it's a jumpstart. And, and that's what Skyhook is doing. And, and, um, and I like it. I like it a lot. I like it. Yep. Okay, so skyhook.com I think is their address. If you go to Skyhook skyhookwireless.com go check them out those have been the five stories that we are following this path that we've been following this past week and it is an international flavor and it covers quite a bit of technology if your story is not in there again i keep saying this it is your fault you you the listener it is your fault if you want your story up here you get it up here let us know we will publish it. We'll push it out if it's worthy of uh, the audience knowing we have a great growing audience. Untethered.gmail.com or Asif at the LWMA for any feedback or any stories that you might have. So Asif, great stories, man. I really I love I love the international flavor that we're starting to see here. Uh, and it's, uh, it's just growing. It's accelerating. I do a show uh, called Impulse that uh, does the same thing. We yep. just look at what's going on in the world around us because uh, we are North American focused and rest of world is insane with uh, innovation. Far, far exceeding from a humanities perspective what we're doing here in North America. But we can't do this without the support of great companies like this next one where we're going to spend a little bit of time focusing on a little challenge. Companies, of course, at Centricity, they are a sponsor of the show. There we are, adcentricity.com. And uh, here's a little bit of a spotlight about what they do right now, adcentricity. So, digital out of home and uh, screen media has really never, ever, ever had the ability to drive customers along the purchase path. Really, like, really drive customers. That doesn't mean, like, it's broadcasting and you, you absorb that message and then you make a, a buy decision. I'm talking about you're in a store, you're in a, you're in a, uh, you're in front of the drills and, uh, and how do you move the decision from, I'm thinking about buying it all the way down that purchase path. And that's where our sponsor ad centricity comes in, but we got to know how to see if, how, how do these guys do this? You know, what's so significant about what they're doing with out of home and, uh, and where does this, you know, how does ad centricity play in the space? Well, uh, you know, maybe to take a step uh, higher than that before going right into them is, you know, when you look at digital out-of-home uh, media today, I mean, in North America alone, there's about a half million uh, place-based digital screens out there, you know, in all kinds of different categories from gas station, you know, gas top pump uh, screens to, you know, stuff in Walmart TV to convenience store uh, screens at cash register to whatever. I mean, these screens are all over the place. 
and about a half million of them uh, in, in North America. And it's this ability now with, you know, location-based services to know who's in front of those screens in real time, you know, combining with mobile, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, Shopkick, you know, whatever the technology might be, it's this combinations of technologies that start to make, you know, sort of real-time purchase path uh, decisions possible. So the targeting aspect, uh, you know, that uh, is available to digital out of home that wasn't there before is really what it's all about. And then you have layered on top of the screen media itself, it's getting, the screens are getting more sophisticated. So you have facial recognition technology coming in, gender recognition, you know, all kinds of crowd polling through social media, you know, all this kind of stuff is coming together to make it, you know, much more powerful as a medium, you know, digital out of home as a medium when you combine it with these things. And then, you know, at Centricity, you know, our sponsor, you know, does all of this kind of stuff. So they've got, you know, you know, relationships with other organizations that provide, you know, uh, in-store audio like a mood media that we talked about earlier. They've got, you know, uh, their own mobile uh, and uh, sort of Wi-Fi uh, offering uh, as well. So if you want to combine, you know, screen media with with a sort of a mobile play. Um, and then they have a lot of data sets that they correlate. So they've got access to, you know, Nielsen Prism data and Veronix data in Canada. Um, you know, you know the BBM, uh, you know, Polk, all that kind of stuff. And so they're combining all this data sets. They're combining mobile data. They're combining, you know, all of this to give you better targeting. And at the end of the day, that's that's really what it's all about. So you know, AdCentricity, you know, their their Ad Central platform that they call it is really about target. You know, its ability to target better uh, and make digital out of home much more uh, effective. Well said, and and you know what? If you need some more information about what's going on with this and and how you can start to leverage this, if you're a retailer, go to adcentricity.com. You know that we say this all the time. You know, by supporting them, you're supporting us. We love having them as sponsors, and we love having you as an audience. And so, please, let's marry these two things up. That's why you're listening to us. We bring you these companies like Adcentricity that can help your business. If you're out there using Adcentricity. We, why don't you come and t come on the show? Tell us your experiences. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out on tethergmail.com or asif at the lbma.com. Yeah. You know, yeah, and we love the feedback. And just while we're on that topic, I, I want to give a quick shout out uh, on the show this week to David Payne. Uh, David's the uh, founder and CEO of Scout Mob. Uh, we've talked about these guys before. David sent me a very nice note this week saying how much uh, he loves watching the show every week. And uh, David, we appreciate that. Uh, you know, so from Rob and I, thank you uh, so much for uh, for supporting and uh, and encouraging us that way. You know what? I'm I'm just going to leave Scout Mob's website up on the screen for a second here because <laughs> I don't want I don't want you guys to see me tearing up. Oh, that's wicked! I love when we get this kind of feedback. And uh, so please keep it coming, keep it coming. So go to adcentricity.com, support these guys. So they they support us. You can also just mail dollar bills. We'll take those two, yeah. yeah. Just put put a dollar bill in the mail, send it. If you're in Canada, mm, you'll have to put a fiver in there because they don't take accept they don't accept loonies or toonies in the mail. So what's this mail stuff, Rob? I mean, what happened to mobile payments? Yeah, you know what? We're going <laughs> retro. Just put it in the mail. Just put it in the mail, or you can just wire us some cash. That that works well yeah. as well. All right, back on track. Um, listen, you, you know, uh, we get every once in a while we get an opportunity to uh, sit down with one of these companies that um, you know I sat down with uh, with this company Zoove uh, two years ago, right around their launch. And this is a, a company that does Star Star or the equivalent to you know Pound, uh, you know the hashtags like you know um, that that you see everywhere now, um, like Pound Taxi and all these other things. So, so these guys are an equivalent service. They're called Star Star. 
Uh, they're at Zoov.com. And I sat down uh, a, a couple of years ago with their then director of marketing, Dove Khan, and uh, wanted to follow up with them a couple of years later to see how things were going because they had closed customers like CBS, like uh, American Idol, um, like the NFL. Uh, it was pretty impressive, their, their customer list that they've closed. And they just uh, they closed around $40 million of financing in that period of time as they've launched this out, adjusted their pricing. So this is like a vanity thing. So you go star star on Tether. Um, and it, uh, it's a call to action for digital out of home and location aware uh, marketing. It's a pretty cool company. It's a great service. And uh, I got to sit down with the CEO, Joe Gillespie. And this is a clip where we talk about, uh, you know, location marketing and how uh, Zoov is playing into this play and, and what their view is on it. He says it's like these days, it's like being a kid in a candy store, especially when it comes to the technology and the implementations of these technologies. So here's Joe. I hope you enjoy it. The interview will be up on Untether this week. Um, so you can watch the whole thing if you so choose. But uh, really appreciate Joe's time. And uh, here's the clip of Joe, the CEO of Zoov. Uh, Location-based or geofenced uh, uh, fits into you guys very, very clearly. Is that that's got to be part of your strategy, as you said? Like as you've you've gone national, you are you are using location as a way to engage with a customer who hits a star star brand of whatever you're gathering that information that must give you great insight about um, you know hot spots where you should be targeting and then when you do get the generic brands like star star pizza star star whatever and and then you can you can bring that down to a local level how does that you know expand on that a little bit how does that play into to your future strategy because that's a revenue generator for you it might cost too much for some companies you know, you know, to have to own Star Star Pizza, or but but when they you start to segment into their into their their cities or their neighborhoods, all of a sudden that becomes affordable and it and it can benefit them. That's correct. You, you got two advantages to it. You can dramatically reduce the out of pocket because you're basically sub licensing a code, a generic as we call it, uh, into a local area. But I'll give you one example. We have a great client in Simon Malls, and Simon is the largest retail mall owner in the United States. And if you simply call Star Star Mall anywhere in the United States, it will bring you a content experience against the mall that's closest to where you're standing. So, and that's a product and a set of services we love when they realize, wow, that's, that's contextually relevant built on location. Or, you know, take a, take a Dunkin' Donuts. I'm, I'm hoping the dream with them is, and they're already recognizing this, that, you know, somebody could call Star Star DD in Boston and somebody can call it New York and they'll get a different donut experience because, as you know, the franchisees, the menus aren't the same everywhere, mm -hmm. right? So local flavor and color they put on things. So, yeah, the location abilities and the ability to literally personalize and target the content experience, again, against phone number, carrier, device, and location is a big opportunity for us and our partners to really think about what are we all after? We're all after how do I delight the freaking consumer when they make that call? Period. And to your earlier point, Rob, it's, you know, I used to call it statefulness. You know, one of the reasons Amazon kills it, Amazon remembers and knows who you are every time you go to that site. And this platform gives it that same ability. You know, you said, isn't it kind of cool when you call it? Wow, they knew I'm a Yankee fan. How did they know that? <laughs> That's right. They knew I'm a Springsteen fan. Well, I think everybody does. Um, exactly. What about uh, uh, last question on this? I mean, do you do you then bring in contextual information like weather? 
right? Something like that, time of day and, and feed them the right information. Like, how does that play into this as well? It's got it because when you're talking about location, you're talking about uh, all the information that they have. And then you add this contextual layer on top of it. That must just paint such a great picture when it comes to, I could be standing in, in Times Square and say, you know, star star Times Square and they'll know it's 4.30 and they'll be able to, you know, at some point be able to bring an inventory of restaurant availability or show availability. And like, does it, does that play into where you guys go? I keep asking about the future. I know you guys are still stuck no, in the no, present. It's, it's quite all right. In fact, I'm going to have to probably end here in a minute, but let me, let me give you an example. Um, I got a great group of people. We got 40 plus, just about 40 people at Zoom in Palo Alto and a couple of the places across the country. Uh, and they, we can't help ourselves. Every day we're, we, we're, we're messing around with the platform and you know, even when we, we do our, our, our town hall meetings, people are just throwing ideas. We could do this, this, this. And one of my favorite is uh, my head of product, a guy named Jim Stanley comes into my office one day and he says, we got this crazy idea uh, and uh, want to know if we can turn up Star Star Santa. I said, what? He said, yeah. He said, these guys in it. We came up with this crazy idea. Wouldn't it be cool if we could virally promote to parents they could simply call Star Star Santa 48 hours before Christmas Day. And then we took that, you know, that Google North Star map that shows you where Santa Claus is in the world. And then we basically serve that content onto the phone based on time of day, to your point, weather, that kind of stuff. So yes, yes, yes. All that's possible. And and we actually at this point we've been serving so much, uh, Rob, on the brand to the client side. But an option we do have, though, is to think about what kind of services and content contextual relevance could you build that go well beyond you know, what brands may want to do or even the customer relationship management guys want to do. But as I keep telling you know, my board and my investors, uh, that's a nice option. Focus. So, you know, that uh, little bit of a clip of uh, what it means to uh, be Zoov.com and their Star Star program here, you can get your vanity number right up here, over here. Uh, if you're watching us on the screen, uh, just go to uh, starstar.com or zoov.com and uh, take a look. They've got some great case studies and understanding how this business works. And of course, you can go to untether.tv to see the rest of the interview after Tuesday. Or you can subscribe to the iTunes feed of untether.tv, which I strongly suggest you do that as well as strongly suggest you subscribe to the uh, location-based marketing feed. All right, that's it. Our product done. Great little interview with these guys. I really appreciate Joe Gillespie, CEO of Zoo, coming on. Of course, we've got a few things left to do. We're going to dive into some really, really important um, funding news. And uh, so we've got an acquisition, two funding news, and a resource coming up right now. First on that list, this company, which I had the real pleasure of sitting down and talking with. It's going to pull it up on the screen here. Card.io. I sat down with uh, co-founder Mike Mettler a year ago. August 2011, we talked about Card.io uh, um, and what their business model was and what their hopes and aspirations and dreams were. And guess what? They got bought by your sleeper, Asif, the company you think is going to dominate the planet, PayPal. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love these guys. PayPal uh, or eBay, uh, PayPal being one of the divisions of, of eBay. Um, yeah, I think this is a good move for them. Uh, you know, I, I keep talking about the sort of the portfolio of products sitting inside of uh, the eBay organization and how all those things start to come together, you know, to be sort of the super app around uh, optimizing the shopping experience uh, for, for consumers uh, and, and ultimately the, you know, 
you know, the full, the full uh, scope of that, you know, the path to purchase that we talked about earlier. So, you know, sort of discovery, uh, you know, finding the stuff I want, you know, getting the deals on the things I want, uh, you know, picking, you know, finding if they're in inventory, you know, scanning the barcodes, you know, paying for the product, you know, getting it delivered, all that kind of stuff, right? So, you know, there's this whole path. And, you know, this is just another cog in the wheel, so to speak, from, from a PayPal perspective. So Card.io uh, basically is, is, a, is a company or was a company that uh, allowed um, you to capture credit card information by taking a picture of the card with your cell phone. Um, and, and that's basically what it did. And when you think about that and then you think about PayPal, uh, I guess a year ago now acquired Zong as well. Which is a um, you know mobile payments that sort of uh, allowed you to pay and, and sort of add the payment to your your carrier bill. Um, you know these things are really interesting. So so I think you know they've got they've got this this nice suite of products. For me, it's about how they start to roll them out. You know as a as a cohesive unit. Yeah, and and I, I mean I like this obviously. Mike Mentler, congratulations if you're listening to this. I, I reached out to him and he got back to me, and it, obviously it's a great day. Um, for him and his company, because I, you know, I think that it's about um, removing barriers to this whole digital and, and um, mobile uh, consumer piece. And typing credit cards, we all hate it. So typing in credit card numbers is a pain in the butt. So this this really does it. It, it serves a simple need to to make this experience much better. And I think that that's what uh, mm-hmm. PayPal sees. So. Good on you. So Card.io is just go to card.io. Of course, you know how to get to PayPal, paypal.com. Uh, we also accept PayPal on Untether and uh, and This Week in Location-Based Marketing, right? Accept PayPal. Yep. We do. All right, so PayPal picking up Card.io. Good on them. Hopefully, there's some good innovation that comes from that. Second uh, story, we've got this. Uh, it's a joke because we got these great names like uh, Totsi, uh, Reki, Motribe, Geopon, Geopen, Geopon. Um, so here's Totsi raising uh, 18.5 million dollars, and uh, I think that this is a cool company. Yeah, I, I like these guys. I mean, this this is a company that's sort of in the flash sale, flash deal uh, business, uh, along the lines of uh, Rulala and, and Guilt Group and people like that. Um, in fact, Totsi was uh, was one of the the very first, uh, and guys like Rulala and Guilt Group that have certainly had a lot more press. Uh, kind of copied them, and these guys have been around since 1999. Um, they, um, you they uh, they've got a lot of funding. Uh, so this is uh, you know 18 and a half million bucks. Uh, money coming from DFJ Gotham and Row Ventures uh, are both involved in this uh, in this deal. So um, yeah, I mean this this is just about you know continued expansion, you know growing their base. Uh, I think they're going into other some other geographies. Um, they've got uh, uh, Habib uh, Karuz from uh, Row Ventures is joining their board as part of this deal. So, you know, I think this is, uh, you know, they've been there from the beginning. They were the first or one of the first. Uh, they're still there and, and now they got to go out and they got to sort of make a lot of noise. So this, they've got the capital to do that. Well, and that's that's exactly what you need. You, you just can't underfund something like this, especially when, um, uh, but I got to ask, is this a is this a fad what they're doing here these flash sales like is this something that's sustainable or is this just a period of time you know say over the next year like Groupon was right where it was very important it was very relevant and now it's just not so important not so relevant anymore um, is is this really good does this hurt retailers does this help retailers does it 
you know, what's the significance uh, of these guys? Here, here's what I like about these guys versus, you know, say a Groupon. Mm-hmm. You know, Totsi is a, um, if you're not familiar with it and you're out there listening uh, or watching, Totsi is, it's a, it's a flash deal site, but specific to a certain community, moms. Mm-hmm. This is only for moms uh, or that demographic. Um, and so they've got about 3 million uh, uh, users or subscribers on the system that, that interact with them, 3 million moms out there. Um, and so I, I think it's a good thing in the sense for retailers, uh, and to answer your question specifically, Rob, I think it's a good thing that um, you know if you are a brand, packaged goods company, whatever, and you want to target moms, at least you, know, you have a channel that you know meets that demographic and can go to them. And it's not some you know broad-based you know thing like Groupon where I have no idea you know what's the great unwashed of you know how many people I'm going to touch today mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> kind of thing, right? It's um, you know it's it's targeted, so I like it. Okay, and and I, you know what I, I'm I, I that's something that I look at as well is that uh, you know these niche plays like this maybe maybe that's the that's the the real business here. Uh, I, I just think you know what this is a temporary thing. Um, they're all temporary, and uh, and you have to learn how to innovate a little bit more because at some point the retailers look at this and say like I'm getting, oh my god, uh, I mean I'm losing money everywhere when I have to create these deals and set expectations and and drive down the prices. So um, yeah, and I know that eBay got into that with the excess inventory, so they they start to move into that world as well with uh, competing with eBay and excess inventory and. Um, but I, I like it now, and especially from a consumer standpoint, I think that this is really good for the consumer. And if you've had kids, which both of us have had, we know how damn expensive it is when they're young. I mean, I had twins, and that's 18 diapers a day. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, picture that in your head 18 diapers. Uh. Yeah, and if that isn't a birth, uh, this is an ad for birth control right here, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, those. Uh, so that's it. Totsi closes eighteen and a half million dollars, which is a great round. Row is obviously in this, and uh, and uh, Totsi.com, T-O-T-S-Y.com, if you want to sign up, if you are a mother um, or a father, of uh, and it uh, and it uh, pays off very well. All right, our last story here around funding is a, a company called Recky, uh, and they've launched with four million dollars. I got a little video um, about Recky because it really does kind of give a description about it. So I'm going to run it and then we're going to come back and, uh, we will uh, have a discussion on this and what this means as they raise $4 million. Here's Recky. With Recky, you can discover what's going on around you now with one quick swipe. Recky's Around Me Now makes it fast and fun to browse for cool things that interest you. Great new bars, classic bookshops, or that perfect curry house. Get more specific by choosing from any of the other categories in the side menu. Click on an icon to get more info, then save to your pinned places. Recce London is available now as a free download for iPhone and iPad. Yeah, obviously, a, um, a, uh, it's an iPhone and iPad app. Uh, it's a mapping application. They raised $4 million in launch. What's, what's so, i got to ask again, what's so significant about this, this company? Well, uh, basically, what we're talking about here is, is kind of a, you know, a whole new level of, of mapping, with, you know, three-dimensional mapping, um, and not just mapping in the sense of Google Maps and, um, and things like that, but what we're talking about is, is aggregation of data um, layered on top of maps. 
And so, you know, if you saw the video there, you're sort of getting this bird's eye view of a city and not just the city from a map perspective, but what's actually happening in the city, um, you know, layered on top of that map, which we really haven't seen uh, on any real scale from anybody yet. So I think that's the significance here is that ability to pull up a map of, you know, Myrtle Beach while I'm on holiday uh, in South Carolina and see, okay, you know, I don't really know the city. I don't live here. I don't know what happens on a week-to-week -week basis, but if I could pull up a map, and, and take a bird's eye view of it and look and say, oh, well, there's a concert going on here right now tonight, or there's this going on here, or there's that, whatever, and all that data is layered on top of the map. Now I can go, cool, I mean, that, that, that's interesting, I can go there. And it's a different, this is a, it's, it's a visual representation as opposed to the social discovery, you know, model of, you know, Foursquare in terms of finding stuff around me. Um, you know, this is, this, you know, it's this bird's eye view uh, kind of uh, take on the thing. And, and searchable as well uh, as a map. So I like it. it, it it's really cool. Uh, but apparently Recky, uh, the name, because uh, um, I was confused by how to pronounce it until I looked it up. So it's a British slang for reconnaissance. Um, it's how they came up with this. Um, so anyways, that's, uh, that's what's going on here. Um, and part of this, you know, why we're bringing this up now is they raised $4 million bucks as, um, uh, as part of this deal. And a series A um, coming from um, a company called EGO. Um, initial capital, swordfish investments, and a few others are involved in this. Uh, and there's some serious pedigree behind this company as well. So the t uh, two of the founders um, are yeah, Ian Hetherington, uh, former uh, managing director for Sony PlayStation, hmm. and uh, also the CEO of EGO, and Ryan uh, Le Leibenberg, uh, who's a former head of engineering uh, for Google. So that's pedigree. Serious, serious pedigree. That's pedigree. Well, uh, you know, there's a uh, New York-based company called Up Next. Uh, their CEO. Yes, is, and we just talked about them the other week yeah. as well. So. And I think that uh, you know, when you talk about the uh, the 3D uh, mapping piece, I love that. And adding that layer of data is so important, obviously, to everything. So uh, you know, um, a lot of uh, a lot of companies, if they these guys solicit, if Recky solicits a lot of the open API feeds from a, a lot of the other companies, it can add a tremendous amount of value. Um, you know, to uh, to this uh, the, these apps, and I like the fact that they're focusing yeah. on London right now around the Olympics. Very cool. Very cool. They raise uh, four million dollars. Recky, that's good. Those are the three stories. If you got funded or you got bought, congratulations on both. But if it's not here, um, it's because we don't know about it. So reach out on tethergmail.com or a seat at the lbma.com to get your funding story right here. How great would that be? You can brag a little bit. Come on. Yeah. Or if you want to sponsor, like at Centricity, we're open to that too. Yeah, exactly. If you got funding and you got bought, we take personal uh, personal uh, sponsors as well. It's like this episode could have been brought to you by you, right? That would be great. Yeah. Hey, Danny Moon, this episode has been brought to you by Danny Moon. Um, that's it. Those are the funding stories. Reach out if you have any comments or suggestions on tethergmail.com or see LBMA. Finally, we've hit the resource of the week. And uh, this, we started off talking about, um, you know, this this concept early on about uh, the uh, Skyhook and their SDK, talking about the fact that batteries were the reason why people weren't checking in and using these, these technologies. It turns out that mobile users don't want to share this data. So it's not about the battery. It's about that, hey, at least according to media, uh, media post, mobile users aren't interested in in participating in this world, are they? 
Well, according to this study, and, and I don't necessarily agree with, uh, with a lot of sentiment of this because I've seen a lot of studies that uh, counter this, but this is research from the University of California, Berkeley, um, called uh, Mobile Phones and Privacy. Um, they basically said that 81% of the people, that cell phone owners that they talked to, said that they either definitely or probably wouldn't allow an app to collect a contact list in order to suggest uh, more friends. So again, what they're talking about here is the whole problems with PATH and, and you know all that kind of stuff that we uh, heard about before. Uh, they said that 93% uh, said they definitely or probably wouldn't allow an app to collect friends' contact information in order to offer them coupons. And they went on to say 92% of survey respondents said they either definitely or probably wouldn't allow a cell phone user to use their location <laughs> to tailor ads to them. And I find that really interesting because you know, when you look at the data of people who actually do share their location and what they want from that, it, it is ads. And, and we're finding that location-based ads are actually quite effective um, in compared to you know, sort of non-location-based mobile advertising. So it, again, it's all based on your perspective, but um, you know, data is data. And uh, mm -hmm. if you're looking for some data to support this uh, particular angle, here it is. <laughs> this is it. We, we give That's it. our job. Our job is to bring all of the data to you, not uh, not say one way or the other. Sample so, size is pretty small. It's a thousand people, right? Yeah. And it doesn't say where the cross section or who they who they might be. Um, right. But yeah, I, there there is going to be a group uh, like uh, my uncle uh, it was a guy who um, said that he would never turn on a cell phone. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe they got a thousand guys like him to say, listen, uh, you know, I, this whole technology thing's a, a fad. It's not going to happen. But, um, you know, I, I think that there is a subset of the economy of the, uh, you know, of the population out there around the world. The uh, early detectors, the advanced, the early um, uh, adopters that are using this thing to great value. And I think that uh, they're on the leading edge, just like, uh, you know, you never think that 20 to 25 million plus people would ever use a, a service like Foursquare would ping about their location, right? So when yeah. you start to think about that, um, consumer attitude will shift as soon as they start to see some benefit. And, and Asif, we've said this many times before, everybody has their price. You, they do. you it might everybody be a 10% off a latte. And it's just figuring out what it is if you're a brand or retailer. Um, yep. There's there's a way to get people to use this stuff. Yeah. You just got to take the time to understand uh, what motivates them. Do not abuse it. That's the only thing. Yeah. You can destroy your brand very quickly. Even if you're a venerable, established brand, you do something wrong, you can destroy it very quickly by abusing this power. So the resources, if you go to Media Post or you just do a search for mobile users don't want to share data and Media Post, you'll find the results there. And uh, according, we'll give you both sides. The balanced, uh, we got to balance this out. So we're, we're neither pro nor against what we're doing here. We just love this industry. We want to bring you both sides. And with that... We've brought you both sides of this show, the beginning and the end. How's that? What a, what a close. There you go. Uh, you guys out there, listen, uh, a num two things. Go to adcentricity.com. If you're still listening to this, we know that you love it. You've reached this the end of the show. Go to adcentricity.com and uh, sponsor, do something with them. Just tell them that you found us, found them through us. Um, and please, if you've never heard of adcentricity till now, throw out a tweet. Say, listen, I heard about AdCentricity on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Thanks to Steve and Rob. Whatever it is, at yep. AdCentricity is our Twitter account. We'd love, we'd love you to do that. Second thing, subscribe to the iTunes feed. Why aren't you there yet? Just go to iTunes, look up This Week in Location-Based Marketing. You'll get the episode right in your feed. You don't even have to worry about downloading it, clicking it. You know, There's a video and an audio version of it. And uh, why not do it now? Go. I'll wait. 
I, I, we got all day. <laughs> Steve wants to get onto the golf course. So do those two things for me. Really support at Centricity and get on I, the iTunes. I won't wait. I got I got a tea time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. We're gonna watch Asif play golf. How's that? Um, yeah. But other than that, uh, come back next week for episode number eighty-eight. How's that sound? That sounds good. All right. Thanks to everybody uh, for listening and watching. We really appreciate it, um, and uh, looking forward to yet another episode next week. See you next week, everybody. Asif, enjoy the rest of your vacation, man. Thank you, sir. Hit the golf course. Four. Oh!